let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Everybody, welcome into another edition of the podcast. It's Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee and myself talking investing, finance, and retirement. And the wrong questions is the topic go around this uh, this time on the podcast because we all have questions about retirement, but often we frame them the wrong way. So hopefully Sean can kind of highlight a better way to look at some of these questions that plague us all as we get to retirement. What's going on, my friend? Welcome to April. How are you? I'm good. Baseball is back. Mm Mm-hmm. I figured you were excited. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be. Uh, you looking forward to a good season? You got any? You got any early predictions? Any early thoughts? Uh, I always believe the Red Sox are going to win in April. Okay, always, right. always. That may change in May, mm-hmm. but every April, I believe the Red Sox are going to the World Series. We're going to win the. We're going to win the World Series, mm-hmm. and that's just how it's going to be. In, until games start getting played and then some seasons like ah, oh, well we're yeah, done maybe i was wrong <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i got you uh so random question for you here who who in your opinion i just saw this countdown the other day actually uh it was listing the best five tool players of all time who in your opinion was on was number one on that list for the best five tool player ever the best five tool player mm-hmm. who has it all basically can run field catch hit all that stuff I mean, in today's game, you this have was to go all time, all time, all time. Yeah, number one. I have to go with Griffey. I mean, he was he Close. was a hero of mine. He when was two kid. He was, was number he two? two. Yeah, yeah. Willie Mays was number one. Willie Mays, and you can't argue with that. That's a pretty good one-two punch. Well, and I, you know, I never got to see Willie Mays play, but sure. I mean, Griffey. When I was, I think he came into the league when I was nine, mm-hmm. and I mean, he was nineteen years old. This just this phenom of a kid, and cannon of an arm could run could hit the crap out of the ball right uh just and he's everybody wanted to be ken griffey jr when you were oh when yeah we were, were playing in the ball in the ballpark so yeah, yeah he's it's a good definitely, choice it's yeah a good choice. nothing wrong with that choice at all like i said the number one was uh willie mays nothing wrong with that choice either so uh but anyway i just saw that the other day and i thought of you when it when it popped up i thought oh sean might like this so i figured i'd bring it up on the podcast but that's some right questions right there's no right or wrong answer with that one that's all subjective with sports but let's talk about some of these financial uh potentially wrong questions or at least the way we ask them often uh, on this podcast so how much money do I need, Sean, in order to, to to have saved in order to retire? That's probably the wrong way to word that. What's a better way? You know, this is a a question that I we get a lot, and and the crazy part about it, you know, a lot of financial institutions they market this way. Sure. So you get the green number above your head. Well, you need one point four two three million dollars to <laughs> right. And to me, that doesn't really solve the problem. Now, when you when you look at planning, what's what's the problem? It's how much monthly income do I need? Yeah, and then I need a monthly paycheck, man. I need a monthly paycheck, and then based on what I need to accomplish monthly, how much? What do I have to save asset wise to accomplish that goal? Yep, to turn it into it, to turn it into monthly mm-hmm. income. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You could have four million dollars, or eight million dollars, or twenty million dollars. But if your monthly expenses are out of whack, yeah, you're not. You don't have enough money. Yeah. You know, I saw we we all can't be like, you know, Elon Musk rich, right? I saw a funny little thing that said if Elon Musk wants a new Lamborghini, uh, how long does it take him to save for one? And I think the answer was like two and a half minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's ridiculous. Right. I can't I don't I wouldn't be able to save for a Lamborghini in my entire lifetime. Right. 
So two and a half minutes is pretty crazy. So yeah, I mean it's it's not necessarily about it's about the monthly income, not necessarily about what you have saved, unless you're you know just ridiculously independently wealthy. Right. So okay, so a better way to frame that is how much income do I need? How much can you know I, my savings give me versus how much should I have saved? And you might say that's semantics, but again, if you're doing something, Sean, like doing the okay, well I've saved the the one million dollars. We won't go with the one point four two whatever that you mentioned. We'll just say one million for easy math. And you say, well, then I'm going to do the four percent rule, and I'm going to do forty thousand. That's forty thousand a year. Okay, fine. But is that all your money? Is that in a Roth or is it in an IRA? And now you owe Uncle Sam some. So now that one million is more like seven hundred thousand, and now you're doing forty percent off of seven hundred thousand. You know, oh, okay, wait a minute. And then the market's down a little bit. Well, then now it's no longer seven hundred. You know what I mean? So right, that's when that's when you get into trouble, right? There's very little when it when they come to the number. There's very little planning of what all what your income sources are, uh, what what your needs are. You know, do you have rental income? Do you have? I mean, you're gonna have Social Security. You have a pension. Right. You can work part time. You know, if you need forty thousand dollars a year and thirty thousand of it's coming from Social Security, well, you really only need to come up with ten grand of your own money each year. Yeah. So that the strategy of it all, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's understanding what your needs are, your goals, your beliefs, and your values when it comes to money. And, and then really building out a plan that, that accomplishes those income goals. Okay. I'm going to hop around on this list as well for the wrong questions. I'm going to go to kind of keeping it the same. So then you'll often hear, okay, well, then fine. How, how can I get the highest possible rate of return on my money, Sean? So, again, the last three years, we talked about this on the prior podcast, you could throw a dart you know, at the board of indexes and you probably did pretty good. Uh, this year, people get a little bit nervous to see how it's going to play out, but is it the right question to say what's the highest possible rate of return I can get? Or is there a better way to look at that? You know, if, if you want the highest return on your money, invest in an index or invest in individual stocks. Mm-hmm. But does that, once again, does that solve the, the end goal problem? So it's this idea of return on your money, which is growth, 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 or return of your money, which is income. Which I think was Will Rogers, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was Will Rogers that said that. And it's, it's like, hey, you know, do you want return of your money? Do you want to create cash flow? Do you want to create income? Do you want to create memories by doing that way? Or do you just want to grow your money as, as large as you can and let it be? So, if, yeah, because if you're chasing the highest rate, that means you're going to be at the most risk, more than yeah. likely, to get that. And if, you know, let's say you're chasing, I don't know, just for easy math, let's just say you're chasing 10%, but six gets the job done and it lets you enjoy retirement and less risk. It seems like that would make more sense. Yeah, go after what you need to get the income that you deserve and you want. Yeah. I also think he, I like what he said. He said, if you want to double your money, fold it in half and put it in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. That works too. That that's works a, too. That's a good way to do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, my daughter this this morning, we were, they're doing like this fundraiser at school. Uh-huh. And I gave I gave her a dollar yesterday. Hey, just go, go put this in there. And I didn't have any other cash. My wife gave her a 20 today. Okay. I was told who the favorite parent is now. Yes, yes. You're, you cheapo. 20 times the return that I gave her. Yeah. I was like, awesome, thanks. Well, you're, you're, well, you're teaching, I mean, hey, you're teaching her finances all well, right? She's like, uh, this one here gives me, this is 20 times the return. I'm going to give this one my kisses, my extra kisses and hugs today. So. And she got to walk to school because she said that. Oh no! I'm just kidding. <laughs> I still give a ride uphill in the snow both ways. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so let's keep <laughs> the wrong question is uh, don't cheap out when giving your daughter money for candy. Exactly, exactly. Uh, okay, uh, how can I pay the lowest fees to a financial advisor? 
again, this is that kind of thing. Last couple of years, DIYer has been kicking butt probably. And they're like, hey, why should I give my money to somebody else? I can do this. And so they start thinking, well, if I do have to turn to an advisor for that retirement stuff, that it's kind of complicated. I want the lowest possible fee. Well, does that, that doesn't sound like the right way to frame that. No. And if you want the lowest fees, go to Vanguard. Which is funny because Vanguard even did that study saying that they found as the lowest fees company that advisors bring like uh, like was the average of three percent you know better right. returns. So I thought that was hilarious. So, so I, I I've got a story of a family that we we worked with years ago and okay. and, and the markets are doing well. Yeah, right. we were we were doing well. We we're doing well, and obviously we hadn't gone through a correction. The husband loved loved the work that we did, and the wife just kept beating on you know why. Why are we paying you guys? Mm-hmm. Why, why are we paying you for this investment advice? Well, we had full plans built. We had tax strategies. We had we had a lot of things that she didn't understand. Right. She just saw, hey, I don't want to pay this fee, and she's like, oh, he can do it himself. And he's like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> right. I don't. I don't want to do it myself. Well, long story short, she made him fire us, <laughs> and and he got to manage the assets on his own. Mm. Uh, come fast forward a couple uh, a year later now. The markets have gotten hammered, and we've gotten notification that uh, he no longer uh, wants to manage his assets again. Yeah, well, everybody's a genius when it's going up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it becomes a little scarier. And to his credit, he and plus the time factor. It's like, hey, I didn't retire from my full time job to learn another career, aka my own personal financial advisor. Right. Right. I'd rather be retired. To, he wants to live. He wants to enjoy life, and he doesn't want to deal with the markets. And, yeah. and he never did. That's why he he worked with us for right. But she didn't see it that but way. But learn so. that lesson, hopefully, before it was too late. So hopefully, that's the case. And so maybe a better way to frame that then is instead of looking for the lowest fee, find the best value for the fees that you are paying. Uh, to your point, you know, it wasn't just picking the investments that she got. Maybe she kind of thought that's what you were doing. But it was like, no, there's tax planning and Social Security maximization and strategy of how it all works together. There's all these you know, insurance, con- all these other pieces that go into it that she maybe mm-hmm. just wasn't focusing on. So, Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's do one more here, and we'll wrap it up this week. Uh, long-term care insurance. So the wrong question might be, should I just get it or try to pay it when I can't really afford it or just roll the dice and do without? That's, you know, we're having a hard time with that right now as far as because there's so much noise around long-term care it's expensive it's and that's true it is yeah but the reality is when it comes to long-term care one i don't know if it's going to happen to you i don't know if you're going to get a car accident tomorrow either but right 69 percent, according to the wall street journal say 69 percent of people seven out of ten will have something happen so we'll we'll have some sort of of long-term care need and and that could be anywhere from you know my grandparents were in in and out of facilities right you yeah, bladder infection had to go in stroke had to go in for a little bit came out that counts towards the number mm-hmm. and then my wife's grandfather was in a care facility for like four or five years yeah and, and so do i think that that's going to happen uh potentially yeah but when we look at, at long-term care what we need to understand is that one we need to understand the cost in, in your area uh that you live what the average costs are to what your asset pool looks like. And so if we know what the costs are, you know, kind of mathematically figure out the costs and then we determine, can your asset pool handle a cost like that mm-hmm. and then still have a surviving spouse uh, be covered financially? That's one option, self-insure. Then if you don't like that outcome, then you look at the other options that are out there, long-term care, life insurance, long-term care strategies or annuities with long-term care benefits. Those are the choices. So understand what it's going to do to you financially if you don't like that outcome, 
look at the four options that are out there. And see, I like that. That's the better way to frame that question. When it comes to long-term care, instead of just saying, should I just roll the dice because it's too expensive, just say, okay, what options are out there and what might benefit or be workable with what we've got going on or the plan or strategy we're putting together versus just, well, I'll roll the dice. We'll take care of each other. Uh, I'll ignore it. You know, whatever kind of conversation piece you're going with. So, that was the topic today. It was just like, these are the, the wrong questions, the things we need questions answered, the type of questions that we need to get answered, but we're framing them often the wrong way. A little tweak to the language also can do a lot for the mindset. So if you've got questions, definitely get them answered. Talk with qualified professionals like Sean and the team at Elevated Retirement Group. He's the managing partner there. So reach out to him. Stop by the website, elevatemyretirement.com. That's elevatemyretirement.com. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, whatever platform you like to use with the podcast, you can check out future episodes as well as catch past episodes and all that good stuff. Sean, thanks for hanging out with me. Enjoy the, uh, the early months of the baseball season. I'll catch you sometime after Easter. Sounds good, brother. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you next time right here on Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee from Elevated Retirement Group. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.